With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So a lot of you listeners often ask what my background is. And if you tune in frequently to the podcast, I do talk about it. For those that don't know, I run a marketing company called Bash Solutions, which specializes in custom websites, content creation, and consulting based up here in cold and snowy Rochester, New York. With clients in the wrestling world alone, ranging from Cal Sanderson and Jordan Burroughs to the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Helen Maroulis, we've been busy over the past decade proving why we're the best and earning trust all throughout the U.S., And we're not limited to wrestling by any means. We help businesses of all shapes and sizes from barbecue and butcher shops in Arizona like Snowflake Smokehouse to the largest Chevy dealership in the world right here in Rochester, New York, Bob Johnson, and everyone in between. Whether it's building a new custom website or implementing new digital strategies to streamline your business, Bash Solutions is trusted by businesses and brands across the country for a reason. You can learn more about Bash Solutions by visiting bashsolutions.com or head over to Facebook or Instagram and Search Bash Solutions to see what we're up to. All right. Brew some coffee. Pour a cup. It's time for some more coffee talk. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. Business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Are you wearing those this weekend? Or will you never wear no. those again? No, they're retired. They're one and done. That was too. a one time. Who did you wrestle that weekend? Ohio State. It was a no, who did you time. wrestle, though? Oh, Ethan Smith. Ethan Smith. Okay. Yes. Old Grundy. I don't remember the, the match offhand. He uh, took me down like in the first like 30 seconds. And then I ended up getting a major with like five seconds left. I got a late takedown and I was really tired. That was but like Bryce I, Jordan, right? Yeah, but I wore some really cool shoes. Shout out Dodo. Yeah, so that's like worth a couple extra points right there in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you have, do, are you going uh, this for people living under a rock this Friday? Chenzo's back in the mat wrestling David McFadden on the uh, PRTC card. Do you have, is it straight NLWC singlet? Is it? I don't even know what I'm gonna wear. I have no idea. I uh, I need to ask Slay what color I'm wearing first. Because I like the only international singlet I've seen you wear was at the Pharaoh. Was that like navy blue one? Yeah, it's um, I actually worked out in that today. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's like I. And that's what I wore against Valamont too. That's like my only. Yeah, singlet. yeah. But I, that I, that singlet's a couple years old. NLWC needs to place an order. Yeah, it's fine. Well, we'll thinking, weren't you? And that was what you're wearing in the picture with Jolie the other day, too, right? Yeah. Same thing. Okay. Oh, we have our guest waiting for us. Let's go. Get on. Wow. Brief intro. Yeah, well, it's perfect. I mean, we'll just get her to join right in in the conversation. We didn't really even start yet. So, no. But I think it'll be a good segue. First of all, how are you? Me? Sorry. Yeah. 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 
No, it's okay. We were just rolling and we were going to go into our mm -hmm. first topic. So it's perfect that you, you joined. Oh, good. If I'm too early or something. No, oh, no you're great. Yeah, you're good. I want to like dive into your career. If we had to wait at all, because this is kind of an awkward time to record because so many of you are coming back from practice. So I get the text, like even Chenzo last week, I'm in the sauna. Can we push back? Like, Hey, I'm running late. So, right. <laughs> so I have like backup topics. And one of them that I wanted to start the show with was I kind of reignited the freestyle versus folk style debate this weekend on Twitter simply I because saw that. I saw that. Oh, juicy. <laughs> and all it was, was I bought a subscription to BTN plus, which I do every January. And I was tuning into Rutgers, Ohio state, which none of a few of the matches like Sebastian Rivera, I really wanted to see the rest of them. I'm just casually taking in. And if you're casually tuning into a match, I think freestyle is more exciting than folk style. Totally. So, I think so also. I think so also. So all I tweeted was freestyle greater than folk style. That's it. <laughs> but the but then it's like come for you. Yeah, and it's like I'm getting responses like you freestylers, the us folk yeah. stylers, we just you know don't watch freestyle. I'm like, I watch both, but everybody has a preference. So as two athletes, what do you guys think is freestyle versus folk style for that debate? You go first. You got this. Okay. I mean, I'm definitely team freestyle, but, and I've wrestled both. So, but even just watching, like, I feel like it would be so much more exciting if collegiate wrestling was freestyle beyond the fact that there's more action in my opinion. I think it's easier to lose in freestyle, which makes things more exciting, right? Like say at the NCAA tournament, it's a lot easier to take someone down and catch them in a leg lace than yep. it is in folk style. I mean, you know, there's always the, the idea of pinning somebody, but I okay. just feel like it's easier to lose in freestyle. So you need to be on more often. You could see a lot of number ones go down a lot more, which makes for like exciting tournaments. I, uh, and to, add, to kind of add to that too, I think like folk style is just, um, you have to be better at more stuff too. I think it's like, it's just a little harder. I mean, maybe not harder, but different. You got to be better in different positions and stuff. And right. freestyle is just kind of go. And um, I know like Shane Sparks, like post that picture of like a packed arena. That but, was like, the worst like, argument. Hey, <laughs> hey, I love if, Shane, but that it, was such a bad if argument. They, if they style, like it's still going to be packed. Right. It's still going to be packed. That's a yeah, college fan thing. Like, that's like, I said that to him. I'm like, mm -hmm. Penn State fans are still going if it's folk style or freestyle. Iowa fans not, are still going. It's like. It, you just need to understand the rules. That's really it. And then the fans will still be there. Right. I don't understand the fall off from if you, I get it if you only follow college. Like if you're just a Penn State wrestling fan, I get it sometimes if all you care about is who's competing for Penn State. But if you're a wrestling fan and you stop watching freestyle, like that's where the Olympics happen. That's where the world championships happen. I don't understand the fall off. Like, yeah, I'm just not going to watch that. Yeah, it's like the highest level. People are like, nah, not interested. I don't know, just like watching someone get ridden out for two minutes, three minutes. That's like, exactly what I was so boring, so boring, so boring, so boring. That's why, you know, that's why I let everyone up all the time. At least, in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> folks style, they should be like, okay, back on your feet. Like, whatever. If you wanted to keep some rules similar to folk style, at least implement something like, okay, we're going back on our feet. Like, oh, uh, just that whole. Right. And that's why, like, the Sebastian Rivera match 
which he wrestled, I forgot the kid's name, Dylan something, who beat Echemendia for the spot. I really wanted to watch that match. And Sebastian just, like, rode him for minutes and minutes at end. And I'm like, no, no fault of Rivera's. He's doing what he's supposed to. He's winning a folk-style match. Yeah. I wish it was freestyle. That's what started, right. but I don't know. And for women, do they, they wrestle freestyle in college, right? Yeah, freestyle in college. That's nice. See, must be nice. It, but what? Yeah, you, it is very nice. It, <laughs> in high school, you wrestle folk style, right? Oh yes, and I swear, every time I would go back to like wrestle in my high school mat room, they'd be like, "All right, we're gonna work on stand ups." I'm like, "Goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like whenever I'm doing camps, and I'll if I like ever teach mat stuff, like most of the girls usually like. They're like, Peace this out. Is, yeah, they're like, this isn't freestyle. And I'm like, hey, like, you guys want to hit some gut wrenches? Like, go right ahead. Like, right, do, right. Do oh, thing. my God. Yeah, that's, but that's hard. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here. Please do. You see some, I mean, there's a lot of good scrambles in freestyle, but you see some crazy scrambles in folk style wrestling. Like, I bring up this match all the time. Yanni and Bryce in the national finals. Yeah. There's some crazy scrambles in that match. And, like, you know, I was on a team with, like, Bo and Nolf, who did crazy scramble stuff all the time not me so much but like <laughs> it's just cool like that's cool to watch but and that's that's the thing like i love watching folk style for me i think it's a matter of i think freestyle is just more exciting and i think if somebody's just gonna tune into something because wrestling's on i think there's a better chance of excitement happening if it's freestyle or if it's mm -hmm. folk style and you're watching guys get points on escapes like but those exciting folk style matches are hands down. Like you can't beat those. What was it like going from folk style in high school to freestyle right away in college? I was super against it. Um, really? actually, crazy story. Cause I never wrestled freestyle ever in my life. Like put it off until my junior year of high school. Turned out and, pretty well like, for you. Going <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Working out so far. But I remember my first freestyle match. I had like, I had no clue what I was doing. I just, to me, I'm like, oh my God, this is so different, even though I should just wrestle folk style. So I was like, just focused on like pushing people out. And I kept pushing this and I was wrestling boys. I kept pushing this boy out. I had pushed him out maybe five times. This boy comes back to the center of the mat, stands straight up and just punches me in the no. face. <laughs> like absolute bonkers. I'm like, what is this freestyle madness? <laughs> and this was your first year in college? No, this was my junior year, going into my senior year, first time wrestling freestyle because I'm like, oh, I want to try to go to college Got and wrestle. It. So I need to yeah. learn how to do this. And do you but have this kid's name? It. Like, can you put him on blast? Do you remember <laughs> I don't his name? Know his name. <laughs> no, which is crazy. Like the crazy part was, I think like I was the only girl at this tournament, right? So I think the refs were like afraid to disqualify him because they'd be like, oh, it's because she's a girl. And yep. they let the match continue. So everybody's <laughs> watching at this point. And then I pin him. And so the whole arena is like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> my question crazy. was going to be, you did like, my next question was, did you hit him back? And Okay. So I get up to hit, I fell down and I get up to hit him mm -hmm. back. And like people rush the mats, like coaches and referees. And I'm like, Ooh. no, it's my turn. Like, <laughs> You can talk as much crap as anybody wants mm -hmm. about social media and cell phones, but I wish that was caught on camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. like that would have gone viral. Oh, for sure. It for was sure. absolutely yeah. absurd. So that was my first oh, no, freestyle so experience. And you grew up 
you grew up in Indiana. Shout out Nick Lee. Did you ever run into Nick Lee like a coffee shop or you know? I think <laughs> no. Indiana. It's you and Nick Lee in my head. <laughs> okay. He was. So, he's pretty much Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like pretty much Michigan. Yeah, so not really yeah. in the same place at all. Yeah. No, not, <laughs> not even two Indiana people. All right. Yeah. So you grew up wrestling. You were. I've heard the story. I think you were like 11 years old. You were going to practice with your brothers. You hated wrestling. You finally got like bored of being there. You started. How did you all of a sudden just get good at something you hated and didn't want to do? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just watched it for so long and that played so much into my advantage. Just like how much I could pick up just from watching it for years, you know? And um, eventually I think just that mental shift of like, I want to be good at this. I want to enjoy, you know, I'm enjoying this. And that was kind of just the, you know, you put those together and then eventually hard work and the right coaches and stuff like that just kind of all added up. That, that's actually interesting. Cause I used to hate wrestling also. And <laughs> I, I didn't, I, plan, have. I didn't plan. No, I didn't even plan on wrestling in college till I was like a junior in high school. I didn't want to. That story is oh, wow. hilarious, by the way. Previous episode of the podcast. Yeah, like <laughs> I just like kind of like going into my junior year of high school, just kind of started messing around more and stopped taking it so seriously. And then I got way better and started liking it way because more. Because you enjoyed it, yeah? Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Pretty so I it. think that's such a huge part of it. And you even like, I'm sure you can attest to this, like as you go into your career, there's moments where you're just like way too like, deep into wrestling and it's way too serious and like you hate it i mean there's right. been so many more times in my career where i'm like i hate this sport like i'm over it and then you know giving myself that freedom to just be like happy and, and have fun with it instead of be so serious and that's when it's like oh i love this <laughs> yes like whenever you're like just yourself you know and you don't try to force things and you just you know you go to practice you do what you want to do you're like oh i want to get really good at this shot today you work on it and you see improvement that for me is like that's fulfilling that's what i love about wrestling pretty much for sure and i heard a story too like in 2017 when you hurt your elbow that you weren't even you you said in your words that like you weren't as disciplined as you needed to be you're kind of partying just doing your thing young 20 year old and then like you kind of got serious and got disciplined what was that shift that helped you do that yeah well i think wrestling like I wasn't enjoying it even though I was like being way more like lax and having fun in other areas of my life you know what I mean so I still hated <laughs> I did not like wrestling which is probably why I was just <laughs> seeking other outlets to be happy um or be happy but yeah I think once that happened I it just gave me so much time to reflect and just you know, be honest with myself, like the things that I was doing were not bringing me happiness or success or anything that I wanted. And so it was just kind of insane for me to continue down that path. I knew I had to make a change, whether that be, you know, retire from wrestling, go find something else that will make me happy or try and find uh, what I want in wrestling. And so having that six to eight months to really dive into what that was and reflect on the things that I felt I could improve upon. Um, that was really just the beginning of, of that whole shift. Kendall, you look like you wanted to chime in when she said happy. <laughs> no. Cause like, I just like, I totally understand what she's saying. Cause like, I've been through very similar things. So like, I get it. Yeah. It's just Expound. Like, no, just like, you're like, if, especially if you're struggling with your wrestling for me, um, 
you know, I would get tired of it and, you know, go do some extracurriculars, which would make, I would think it would make things better and, you know, it makes things worse pretty much. It just adds like unneeded stressors in your life. So like, I was just kind of nodding. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I get it. Definitely. Well, and yeah. it's, there's an interesting parallel between both of you too, because you both went to colleges where Chenzo, you were in the Penn state room, which everywhere you look, it's NCAA champ, world champ, Olympic champ, and Sarah King university, you, that was almost like the, the, I can't even think of the word, but like when, when women's wrestling really started growing, you had so many studs in that room, all the mm-hmm. national team members for both of you. What was it like to try to focus on making sure that your focus is solely on you while also being a part of such a team where I feel like it's easy to get lost in we're so good as a team, but I have to get better still individually. I was really, I feel like in college, I just had no clue. You know, I was, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by people who had like-minded goals as me, but I had no clue how to get to those goals. I was too, I feel like I was not smart enough to not be so selfish. You know, I felt like I was pretty selfish in the wrong ways. Whereas now in my career, I feel like I'm selfish in the right ways. Like I know when I, you know, need to do things for myself versus do things for others. So And I think it can, I mean, I'm probably, you know, I don't mean to speak for other people in that room, but I think we all were kind of young and just trying to find our way. And um, the thing that kind of kept us going was that we were so competitive and we all had the same goal in mind. And, you know, when I talk to those women now, we're so much more mature and, and such, I think we would be such better teammates and obviously we're better wrestlers and human beings. So it just was an interesting time to try and like navigate that. And I, to be completely honest, I think we were all kind of a little confused. <laughs> I would say, um, you know, for me, um, come just as a freshman coming in, you like, you can't get discouraged because you're going to take your lumps and your beatings for sure. Um, but that's kind of what you want. And you want to surround yourself with those people that can give you those beatings. Cause they'll tell you they'll, they'll help pull you up. Right. Like I would, I remember being a freshman and I would go in and Zane would just beat the crap out of me. And then, <laughs> and then he'd be like, and then he'd be like, Hey, like, you know, let's work on this, 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 and this. So I'm like, all right, like, you know, he'll beat me up, but he's, he's making me better. And um, I think for us, like that we just have that support from each other is really, really big. And you know, that whenever I was an older guy on the team and coming, you know, young guys, freshmen, same way, like, you know, I'll beat, I'll beat them up. But then I'm like, Hey, you know, you do this you know, then you'll start taking me down. Stuff like, like Jolie, like Jolie cart <laughs> Carter, um, caught on catches on pretty quick. Um, <laughs> takes a lot of guys down. Um, yeah, we got some pretty good young guys <laughs> been over Sarah, that. Sarah, another thing I'm curious about, you know, I'm a marketing guy, so I, I love following. Wait, 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 really? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So, you know, there's two things that, I've wanted to talk to you about recently. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. One is that I believe you were the first women's wrestler with an apparel line. Yeah. (laughs) Which is pretty cool because even Helen and Adeline didn't. Adeline got a shoe. Um, Helen had some offers, but there was nothing that she really loved. How much did it mean to you to be the first to get that? And did you feel pressure? Like, okay, this is now the bar for someone to get an apparel line what I do because a lot of people 
a lot of fans just want every wrestler to get everything in the world, which is great, but there's a dollar and cents component to it to where it's got to make sense for the brands. And you were kind of the pilot because after you, especially Ruta started giving Tamara a line and others, Kayla, okay. and you were kind of that pilot. Did you feel that pressure of like, I'm the first, I got to make sure that we can convert this, that I can set the bar high for a women in apparel line in wrestling? Yeah, I mean, it was so insane when all of that got going. Even when Rudis just reached out to me, I thought I was being like someone who was spamming me or trying to like, <laughs> I didn't think it was real. Like, um, And so it took like a phone call, a few phone calls to be like, okay, this is actually happening. And then, and I actually went over to Ohio and met with the Rudis people um, who are just incredible. And I knew right away that this was something that, I had to do, like you're saying, not just for myself, but because it does set a precedent for women's wrestling. And it was something that needed to happen, you know? And, but with that, I, it needed to happen with the right people, right? I couldn't just go with somebody who was going to just kind of do it because, well, we need to have a woman on the team and, right. you know, this, that, but who actually cared and who for was sure. genuine and, and growing this and growing, you know, my name and, and women's wrestling. So, but I knew Rudis was right once I had met with them and, and yeah, once we got everything going and there was so much that went into creating my line that I don't even think people know and just how kind of personal it was for me, um, that once we went through it all, I was just happy and excited that I don't even think I was caught up on what it meant to like have it succeed or for people to have it happening. But I think it did create, um, you know, it, it set a standard and, and now we're seeing it pop up for a lot of people, you know, even through um, Scrap Life and Barbarian Apparel, you're seeing all these women start to get more and more gear and sign with more apparel companies. So um, yeah, I think it was super, super essential. And it just is kind of getting the ball rolling. I hope, you know, it's a weird thing because there's my competitors and everybody out there. And, but I hope somebody's getting more than me, you know what I mean? Because that means we're, we're growing and then, then that sets the bar for the next for the women coming up and you know I think this was just the beginning and obviously Rudis is always here to up my game and and take care of me but you know I just hope it continues to evolve like that well that's why too you need a competitor to get more money so you can use that as a negotiation tactic <laughs> for you because you set the bar right. so. <laughs> that was that was my next question so you didn't get that offer from Rudis and then like had to like you know scrap life or whoever and be like hey Rudis wants to pay me this much. What you guys think about that? Yeah, exactly. Then now that's how it's going to grow and make this, uh, you know, career for women, which it's, it's a very tricky thing for a lot of people right now. Um, I I think for all wrestlers, but certainly for women, uh, they can really begin to have it be a career for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think a a ton of guys are getting brand deals at the moment either. (laughs) Right. So, So, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of like a dead time at the moment, but like it, it's been very, very cool though, just to see like just the women's, you know, wrestling just kind of, I'll, I'll even say skyrocket kind of over the past yeah. year or so. And even like, we're going to talk captain's cup coming up here soon. And like, you know, I'm excited to watch that. I think that's going to be awesome. But um, I think just the way like you and, you know, just some of the girls at the top right now are just pioneering for, you know, the sport for other girls is pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It has really skyrocketed. And I want to talk about the captain. Before we do that, you mentioned Before. something that I think is really important. You said, you know, we live in a culture right now where everyone wants to virtue signal. 
they want to say something just to check the box, just to say it, just to get mm -hmm. credit, whatever it may be. For you, you said you felt right away like they're not just signing me to check a box, which I think is going to start happening where you're going to have more companies that are like, OK, we have to sign a female. That's that's happening. That's happening already. I can. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. So I'm curious if for you, you know, giving advice to the women coming up now, you know, we were just talking about it. Um, I think it was the week before or yeah, it was last week when Matt McCutcheon was on Peyton Prussin trains at Life University where he coaches. And I've said, I think her and other, there's like these rising stars. There's this next generation coming up now. What would your advice to be? What would your advice be to them to as brand deals start to come out and as they start getting offers to be able to kind of inspect? Because when you're an athlete, especially wrestling, you're getting brand deals in your 20s. I'm in my 30s now and I'm just starting to be able to decipher truth and who's genuine and who's not. What would your advice be to these young women who are coming up who are going to have to navigate even more? Like, what's the right company to sign with? Who's being genuine because they believe in me and my brand, and my talent? And who's maybe just trying to check a box with me? Like, what would your advice be for them to kind of have some discernment to be able to see where they should go? Yeah, I mean, definitely look at what the company is doing. It was obviously hard for me as the first female who just had signed. So it's not like I'd be like, oh, look at how they treat all of their women. But, yeah. you know, I could see what they did with their athletes and, you know, go and meet with them, talk with them in person. You know, don't do these exchanges just through social media. Like when I went to Rudis, they had a slideshow. I mean, an hour long slideshow about what they're going to do with my brand and my name. And they had all these ideas already played out. And this is what we want to do. And in two years time, we want this shoe for you and this shirt, you know, like I had never- Is Sarah's shoe coming? <laughs> Maybe, <Is> it... <laughs> fingers gone. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> um, go. But you know, they had all these ideas already in motion and I hadn't even said yes. And they were like, we want this. Um, There's just so much I to get to speak to the people in person. Like, you know, I feel like you can judge their character so much more. You have conversations, yep. you're actually experiencing these relationships in real time. Uh, that was a huge thing for me. Like, I could just tell what great people everyone at that Rudis come at Rudis is, you know, and the whole company is like coming up and hey, Sarah, they all knew my name. I walked in, hadn't even introduced myself. And, you know, people working in the back knew who I was. And it's like, wow, these people really, they know who I am already. And, and uh, so I would look into, you know, now people know Rudis, wow, they take care of their women. Like you just yeah. look at their social media and you know, they love women's wrestling. Um, so look into that. I think it's important for us you know, amongst each other to not be so shy about sharing what, what we're experiencing, what we're getting, you know what I mean? Because yeah. in the past, people just kind of keep it hush hush or, or told like, Hey, don't tell anybody else what we do. Like, and like we were talking earlier, that makes it really hard to kind of barter up and be like, Hey, well, this company is offering me this or that. And kind of the same thing about when we're talking about taking these matches or something, it's like, well, these people are offering this, you know, and I should be getting that like so I think just kind of having open dialogue amongst each other and and being open to supporting a, everybody and you know and trying to find success like that yeah I agree and, and my advice would be to people to take your meetings like don't rush into a deal especially now where I don't know how many people reached out to you but like I think women are going to start getting two, three different, four different apparel companies, mm -hmm. all the meetings, see what they all say and see who gives you the best feelings because you might go, if you're very first, like Rudis obviously did a tremendous job with you, but let's say it was a 10th of that. 
And that was your only experience. That was still your best experience. The next one could have been what you ended up getting from Rudis, you know? So I think people need, it's exciting when you see your name, when you see like a brand potential, you get excited, but I would encourage people to, to don't rush into that decision and, and take the different meetings. Another thing you said was interesting that Chenzo and I have talked about recently is knowing your worth and when to take a match and not to take a match. Right. And you're seeing that Mm -hmm. a lot right now. Um, You actually got into an insane back and forth last year with Pat Downey. That was (laughs) all over, you know, the only good thing that came from that was it almost like normalized people talking about money more. Right. And it's kind of, enabled people to have those conversations and i get people dming me like because they they know my relationships what did so and so get to compete what did so and so get to compete and i think there's a level of like look at if you want to know go ask them you know i think some stuff should be private some stuff should not be for you over this past year with the rise of rtc cards you wrestled in the match at the hawkeye wrestling club showdown what for you has been kind of your discernment for when you should wrestle and when you should take a match and when not? I know for the women, we were talking about this recently. I'm sure there's a struggle because on one side, you want to be paid what you should be paid. On the other, it can generate exposure to get more money. You know, right. what has been your kind of balance for that? Yeah, I mean, I look at first and foremost, before anything, you know, do I need to wrestle this match? Do I need the experience? Do I need to get on the mat? Like, that's my number one thing. If I'm like, shoot, especially right now during COVID, like, I don't know when I'm going to wrestle again. I just want to get out there and wrestle. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you need to pay me this amount of money. I'm going to go in there saying like, this is what I want. But, you know, I want to me at the end of the day, making sure I'm prepared and where I need to be come April 9th, come August 10th or August 8th, you know, that's when that's what matters most to me, you know, and then I can start looking at that next layer and you know, so for instance, when people reach out to me, right, like, oh, hey, we want you on this card. Okay, so this isn't necessarily on my time or training schedule. So now let's look into these things. Um, Understanding that I do have worth and it's a really, I know that sounds so weird. It's a really difficult thing. Like I have just grown up being like, you know, just show up and just wrestle and this and that. And it's like, they're I am bringing something to the table. I am bringing entertainment and talent and I have credentials and I think those should be respected and rewarded. And if I'm doing that and asking for that, then it makes everybody else have to do the same. And, and the women who are coming up beneath me then have the right to ask for that. Right. Cause what is it? If Adeline Gray showed up to an event and didn't ask for money, what, why should I get any money? Or why should the girls underneath us get any money? Because Adeline Gray is a five-time freaking world champion. If she's not worth something, how am I ever yeah. going to stand a chance, you know? So you have to set that bar. Um, just that keeps it growing for women's wrestling and it allows stuff to actually happen for, for everyone. I, I'm going to chime in for a second. I think it's okay to take a pay cut if you just want to get a match in or something like that. Totally. I, th- I think that's okay. Cause like what you're saying, you know, like, do I need this match? Like, like yeah like i'm wrestling this weekend i'm excited you know i didn't really i need to get a match and it's been a while for me that's pretty much it like i'm going to wrestle don't really care about anything else exactly you know if i'm gonna go wrestle on another card next month all right let's talk like you know i got my match in you know i know what i'm worth um i'm gonna try to you know make sure i get 
what I feel that I can. But I think a lot of people have a, have skewed opinions of themselves also. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> and and I, uh, yeah, I, I honestly believe it's more on the men's side. Guys have more skewed opinions of themselves. Um, I know a couple <laughs> people that have asked for well more money than they some of them are making so much money (laughs) yeah like you know i uh it just is what it is it's kind of tough and i'm like yeah i see that and i'm like oh wow you know um it's kind of wild this guy's getting paid just as much as i am and you know i've done some pretty good stuff in wrestling i think um you know i i really haven't won anything in a while so like i understand but (laughs) you know i i have the credentials to get paid as much as this guy and sometimes sometimes it's just not fair um but you definitely, uh, like I said, okay for a pay cut. But like for the most part, you definitely got to make sure you know what you are worth. One hundred percent. Yeah. No, it is crazy. But I guess at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? If you can get that money, get that money. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I. That's a problem. With me, I am like not a confrontational person at all. Like. And so I know people who says the girl almost punched me back. I still have to punch him back. She's like, it was my turn. It was was my turn. I did not start the punching. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but but like, yeah, I think that's right. I think like there's, I think there's room to both try to negotiate and then weigh up and say, okay, I can get X. Should I take it? And I think you're definitely seeing some people withhold for good reasons. And I think you're seeing some people that are just like, yeah, whatever. So and so you have that in any sport, any industry, any business. You have people who there's people who want to charge what we charge for a website because we charge that. They're like, well, they can get it. It's out there. But I definitely think you got to be smart and negotiate for. And you guys know this, obviously, more than me, that like you guys got to do what's best for you and your training schedules. Everybody says the same thing. Like my very first focus is winning the Olympic gold. I'm going to backtrack from there and say what's best for my schedule. And then, hey, if I can take this match because I need it, or if I can take this match to help grow women's wrestling, or if I can do this to help my RTC and club, great. But I also think there's a lot of miscommunications or misperceptions uh, on the fan side because we as fans mm-hmm. often just want everything. Like, I want every for good match for possible. For free. Not, not yeah. even for yeah, There's a for lot of free. fans that want it for free, but for even, free. like, there, there's, like, Oh, the number of people on Facebook that are like, hey, can somebody share a stream, share your login? It's like, really? That's I used to I used to get the illegal streams for UFC fights. And then about like a year ago and I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> right. Because I'm one of those athletes. You had right, a 2017 yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Like, like if that's me, if that's me someday, I'll be pissed if someone's streaming. This exactly. Way. Yeah. So, so one more topic that's interesting before Captain's Cup, I want to talk about social media. Because Chenzo and I are always going back and forth on this. Love it. Chenzo's not a huge brand guy from wanting to post regularly. If there's authentic, genuine content, he loves it and he'll share it. I'm just curious on your perspective, going back to even with your apparel line, kind of being that pioneer. As I have different women on your age, I keep thinking like you guys are the ones that are like leading the front charge. You're the first kind of group of girls really going through it that have built brands. Now there's women that are 19, 20, 21, looking at what you guys accomplished, thinking that's what I want to do. What has gone, you know, you got like 50,000 followers on Instagram. How much work have you put in on social media to build that audience? And how much do you think about that as part of like your active 
you and know, did you buy any of your followers? <laughs> I did not off? buy any of my followers. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> but I will tell you what got me a lot of followers is when I split my eye open. Um, and that picture went so viral in the MMA community. I definitely got like 10,000 followers from that. Wow. It was absurd. Yeah. I and like overnight. Dude, text McFadden. Tell him to like punch you in the eye. Like, do a bull, I'm going to shoot right into it. <laughs> right. Just like <laughs> doctorate. Make it up. WWE <laughs> style. Just a quick like cut. All right, all right. Exactly. But no, I would say when I was younger, um, I definitely put a lot of time into it. Uh, and it was something that I knew was an obligation to my brand, right? With social media. And that was something I needed to create. Even now, I don't, I feel like I don't work as hard at social media or I'm not on it as often anymore. Um, but when I do post, I like things to be obviously authentic. So very curated to who I am, not just like as a wrestler, but outside of that. So I feel like people have things that make them think of me, which creates, which is my personality, but that makes it a brand, right? So being very um, deliberate in that. So, you know, people know I love cats and they know I love books and I love baking bread. And so outside of Sarah, the wrestler, there's, you know, Sarah, this human being that people can support and understand. And, and so I'm very, I guess, you know, I like to share those things on social media. So it helps kind of create who I am as a person. So people, you know, can decide if that's somebody they like and want to support and, and and stuff like that and you know it seems like you pay a lot of attention to it because i see you you reshare a lot of content when you're men mentioned like uww posted a thing with you today you reshared that right away i dm'd you to say hey you should come on the podcast like how do you kind of differentiate because i always tell people there's a big difference in putting out content and consuming it and i mm -hmm. think engaging and seeing what you're tagged in kind of falls in the middle because you can consume easily people you follow or see names and say, okay, I've, I've heard this name before. I know who this is. I'll respond to them. How do you kind of differentiate not like kind of drowning out the noise and paying attention to what's good on there? Cause you seem to do it like pretty regularly. Like if somebody's mentioning you of worth, you're sharing it pretty quickly. Yeah, I definitely am always kind of checking quick scans of like, you know, there's names obviously like, that I know. And I'm like, okay, yeah. these are names in the wrestling community. I'm obviously going to share that and I've interacted with before. So, yeah. um, but I do try and check my like message requests kind of frequently just to see if there's anything I'm missing in there. You know, that's how Rudis reached out to me. So like every athlete like went should to, do that hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So just kind of scanning through those things just to see, you know, if it's negative, keep going. If it's negative, keep going. Something positive but not of worth. You kind of just keep going. Cause it's a lot, you know, and, um, once there's something in there, that's, you know, that's important. I, I try and interact with it. Yeah. Chenzo real quick. I want you to answer the question. You got a question yesterday. DM to you. I can't remember it. Was I'll look it, it up. I'll look it up real quick. I, I want to <laughs> say, I want to say it was along the lines of like, should free, should folk style adapt the push out Ooh, yeah. rule that freestyle has? What um, are both your thoughts on that? Yeah, freestyle step out will be a good fit in folk style. I um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like because really? I think I think the edge stalling is like I think they need to do a better job calling that for folk style. It's just like they it's like this. It's almost the same as like the grounded role in freestyle. It's like whatever the ref like wants to do at the time. Like it's like, yeah. mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know. I, I think a push out would kind of change the game. I'm not, I don't know if I'm for it or against it. I think if, if you implement it, then it just makes wrestling a little different and that's okay. I don't see anything wrong with it. Sarah, your perspective. I mean, I just want folks out to be freestyle, so I'm obviously team <laughs> freestyle. <laughs> this Super. is the first right. step in conforming. She's like, push out should be three points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Captain's Cup is coming up here soon. First question I have to ask, and be honest, was the draft, did it involve friendships and who's not friends? Because it seemed like there were some drafts that were like, this is a friendship play. Oh, um, I'm sure there were. Did you um, draft anybody who was a friend over somebody who was a potentially better wrestler? I actually did not. Okay. I did all of mine through, uh, I made a spread. Well, my dad made a spreadsheet for me. <laughs> no, he's, I love that. <laughs> he's retired now, so he's great for that. <laughs> retired dads um, are undefeated. Who are you? Uh, wow, so true. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I, I actually went through mine all on just uh, who, who I genuinely thought would get the job done. Um, but I, I love all of those girls on my team as well. So it's a win-win. If you, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to single one out. If you had to pick a girl that you're most excited, like just to like on your team that you're most excited to watch for the event, who would you say? Um, Tiare Aiki. Okay. Um, she rising is star. I've she is just a rising said this. star. Yep. I'm telling you, she's a rising star. It's like um, the other, I guess a couple months ago now, I was sitting out of practice for some reason. I must have been nursing an injury or something. But I never like, the only time I see her at practice is when I'm wrestling her. And when I'm at practice wrestling somebody, going through my head, I'm not like, oh, you're good at wrestling. I'm like, no, I'm going <laughs> to kick your ass. Like, you suck. It's my mat. Like, that's what I'm going through. You know what I mean? No one and ever hits a nice shot on you. You're like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, she is the one exactly okay. no, for sure and I always respect that but you know when you're in it it's like mm -hmm. this is go time so when I'm sitting back and watching I'm like god she is so good she is incredible and you know obviously she's taken me down numerous times so I, I know that but just finally no, getting to see it on the sidelines you know it's just don't awesome say that. you don't tell anybody that she hit that headlock a couple weeks ago at the flow event and that Ooh. caught on my radar and I go, that was amazing. And that like caught, caught my eye. And I'm like, as I you started texted looking, me about that. Yeah, I did. Like, <laughs> yeah. You should have her on the podcast. Like it, one of the best headlocks. things. And like Mike Mail, I think interviewed her afterwards and he's like, what went into that headlock? Like kind of like overanalyzing it. And she's but like, did he do that thing was, where he's like, Hey, you got a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Clear, clearly, yeah, I'm here. So. Nowhere else to be. But he was like, so that headlock, like, you know, talk me through it. And she's like, well, it was there. So I went for it. <laughs> and that was it. I was dying. Like, no, very... she is insane. So good with that stuff. Who so is there anybody that you didn't get to draft that you were kind of like upset you didn't get to? Um, so is there going to be any trades before the captain's cup? Can okay, you trade? Can yeah, you trade? I, mean, I don't know. I Why not? Movie trades, but you know, I had my first two picks based on who was picked was either Macy Kilty or Jim Page, and I got Jim Page. Um, because Macy went to Jakarta, <laughs> yeah, Jim Page, NLWC. But, um, you know, Macy is just uh, they're both phenomenal wrestlers you know and that mm. weight class is so deep and um so much talent on all of the teams at that weight class so um i knew that's somebody i needed 
I wanted a 62 right out the gate because because of how deep it was. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm excited. Ten pages, I think 53 is extremely deep. 53 like, is interesting, yeah. Like, Ike isn't uh, qualified for the trials, and I think Peyton Preston isn't either, and both of them can make some damage, I think, at the last I chance agree. to qualified. So 53. Like, I started looking today at who's qualified and who's not qualified in women's freestyle, and it's wild. How exciting is it? You know, I was talking to John Rugen over at Tight Mercury about this a couple months ago, and he was so excited, and I could just sense his excitement. For you, when they came to you and said they had this idea, how excited were you to have and be a part of such? It's really an historic event. There's never been an all-women senior freestyle event. There's never been anything like this. And you're not only involved in it, like you're at the top of it, you know? Yeah. You're, you're a captain. You're... You're kind of pioneering this again. We keep going back to this theme of pioneering. What it's is it true, though? That's why. So. Yeah, there's no yeah. Way around it. How excited were you when this came about? Oh, we were all really excited, like right from the get go. You know, I trained with Chikara, who's also a captain. And, you know, we're like, who are you picking? And then, and then, like, kind of getting in each other's <laughs> faces. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I still feel like it's like not hitting me. Like, we had the draft and just, you know, the girls that I drafted them texting me being like, thank you so much. And they're like posting it on their Instagram. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. And like, no, thank you. You know what I mean? Right. It's such a strange experience. But um, so I guess I don't think it's really hitting me how, you know, monumental and, and big this is. Um, but no, I'm so excited. I think the team aspect just makes it even way more interesting and fun. Uh, it's not something we get to do very often. So and I certainly haven't done and gosh, since I graduated from college. So um, that will be really, really fun. Were you hoping certain people are going to be there? Sorry, Jensen. Dude, every time, <laughs> every time. Just cut <laughs> me off. Every like, time, man. Every time. So, no, like, but like, see, my questions are stupid. Um, but, no. Hey, no, but no, that's, that's, that's the point, though. Um, are, you, are, you plan are you planning a team warm up? Oh, maybe we'll do like a dance or something like Remember hey. the Titans. I don't know. I want to come up with a team name. I kind of like. You got to show out. Yeah. Maybe we get shirts or something. No, I don't know. I feel like we could really just go all out with this. (laughs) I think so. Like, I don't want to do Team Hildebrand. I don't like that. Like, I can be the captain, but I don't want that to be the team name. I I like that. I like that. Yeah. Because, like, if I had a team, I wouldn't make it Team Team Jess. It's just like, I I don't know. I'm not liking that. I don't want people to be like, I'm on Team Hildebrand. Like, I'm on Team fighting flamingos or something yeah i something. mean something obviously cooler than that. Yeah. Yeah. i love that that's what came to mind though it's so bad <laughs> you've thought about that before you can tell that doesn't just oh, fly man. off the tongue when this when this event first came about were you hoping like the top five women in your weight were going to be there knowing that olympic trials are right around the corner and there hasn't been that much competition for you in 2020 were you hoping like the top two three four were going to be there I was indifferent. I've wrestled everybody in the weight class now. So, you know, that's good for me. Like, I'm glad I've gotten my hands on everybody in the weight class. Um, and regardless, I knew going into trials that I had, I was ready for whoever. So yeah, I mean, I'm down to wrestle whoever, whenever, to be honest, like that was not something that played a ton into it. Um, but now moving forward, I know who's going to be there and I can kind of plan strategically with that. If you're going to say something, Chenzo, do it because I'm about to say something. I don't want to cut you off again. Go for it. So it's funny because, you know, we talked earlier about this next generation coming up. 
And I remember Nick Wiz talking a couple months ago on the podcast where everybody is like for heavyweight right now, everybody's thinking about um, Paris and Kirk and Gable, these studs. And Wiz is like, guys, I'm not that old yet. Like this may be this may be a younger sport where the 19, 20, 21 year olds sometimes have the advantage. But I think he's a year older than you. But similar for you, like there's women coming up like. Emily Shilson comes to mind. She's like 19 or 20. She's starting to make a name for herself. When you see these younger women coming up, is it, are you thinking they have an advantage at all because they're younger, they're coming up, they're hungry. Whereas you, you've been competing internationally now for a while. As you start seeing these women come up, are you, are do you not, I don't want to say threatened by them. Cause I think when you're competing, there's always that natural hunger, but is there that like, they're coming for me since. I think anytime, you know, like I'm sitting in the finals, so I do kind of feel like, I mean, obviously yeah. everyone's gunning for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether they're 19 or 20 or older than me, um, which are way class has it, has it all. I think she's, she's like 29, right? Two older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whitney, I think is 30. Alyssa Lampy might be 30 something. So we have all age groups in this weight class. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I know that I, I know people are watching film on me. I know people are like, how are we going to beat Sarah? Like that's who is, you know, whoever comes out of that bracket uh, is going to wrestle me. So, so I do feel like that. Um, you know, especially with the younger kids, like shit, they're coming up. They're like, let's go. Nothing to lose here. And so I know that, you know, they'll come out into the match like that, a little fired up, a little, yeah you know, a little chip on their shoulders. So, you know, and I respect that, you know, Emily Shilson, she's such a talent. And, um, but when it's time we shake hands, it's like, all right, this is my time, you know, punch me. I'm going to punch you right back. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like like that's how like, just like most sports are in general, just like the young bucks come up take out yeah. the old guys you know we got uh unless you're tom brady <laughs> he just yeah, well like die. no like that's that's what i'm saying like super bowl two weeks right we got Mahomes and brady right. like really young right. awesome really old awesome like and it's just you know i uh like even me whenever i was in college right whenever i was freshman sophomore i you know wrestled martinez who was like the top dog and then whenever i was you know a junior i was you know the guy that i lost like from a freshman so it's just it's a cycle. Who do right. you guys root for when it comes to older, younger? Because I feel like there's always a favorite. Like there's that it group depends. of people who. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Like for me, I kind of go based on who I like more than who mm-hmm. like the favorite is. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes there's there's as you're part of the crowd that's older. I feel like most people start rooting for that crowd. The like, older person, right? Yeah. Young bucks, forget them. Screw <laughs> them. Has mm-hmm. that what both of you guys do historically right now? Not historically right now. Just right now, I guess. <laughs> or are you rooting for the young bucks in other weight classes? Uh, I don't know. It's hard because I know everyone so well. So like, you know, I'm closer to some people and been around. So I don't know. I, yeah, it may be a little bit. It's always, I think everybody kind of always pulls for the underdog too. So sometimes the underdog's the young buck. Sometimes the underdog is the person coming back. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Why would you root for the underdog? Don't you want the greatness to just strive? <laughs> so she should not root for you. Over like, you're, like, like you're like you're like no, you're right. like you're like you're not the underdog. I'm rooting for me. You're exactly. damn right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so true. And yeah, yeah, I guess it's just I guess I'm speaking in a if I'm more removed, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't right. 
in the wrestling community, everybody is like my brother and sister at this point. So I am so close to it, but um, maybe if I was watching, I don't really watch a lot of other sports, but I do. Maybe if I did, I would. <laughs> Who do you root for if two friends are competing? I hate that. Close I absolutely eyes. hate it. You just, uh, you know, you just hope they both wrestle their asses off and congratulate the winner. And I love when my friends loser. wrestle people Pretty I don't much. like. <laughs> you what? I love when my like when my friends like, <laughs> like wrestle people like, I don't family. like. Like that's my, so easy. <laughs> yeah, that my, definitely makes me easy. People time. That's great. You cut out. What'd you say? Yeah, I, I, I. I said I enjoy when my friends wrestle people I don't like. Or, yeah, it's I don't the best. And like there's not a lot of people that I, like, I don't like or just like maybe right, someone, right. So maybe someone I'm not a fan of that I don't know probably. I think it's easier when I say don't like. I think it's easier on like the college level. Like yeah, that's I'm what a I'm Penn State guy, also. so I it's obviously a lot easier for me to root for you over Ohio State. Right. You know, versus if you're mm. just wrestling someone that I also think is really good or. But I mean, going back to the underdog, like Chenzo, you want her to root for the underdog. You got a 32 year old in your weight class, and he's that's a cool. five. That's cool. Girl. He's yeah. he's he's a dog. Like he's awesome. Like, <laughs> he, like, I, like there's there's really nothing about it. I mean, like I want to go beat everybody, but like I don't think I'm the underdog though in my brain. Like, that's right, just, right. Yeah, you, know, you can't really look at it like that. That makes sense. Yeah, you might think so, but. I don't. <laughs> I when I think about underdog, I think straight like. Isn't that a movie? What's their like champion? A cartoon or something like that? I'm no, there that was up. a dog that was a cartoon. I Air Bud. Oh, that's not a cartoon. Mm-mm. No, like Wonder Dog, maybe. Could that be? I'm gonna Clifford. look it up. I'm there, gonna look it up. for the big red dog. That was definitely <laughs> a cartoon. That's I can't. Me. I know there was like a. I wonder. Yeah, there's there's a wow, sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, underdog from two thousand seven. <laughs> How do I know that? I don't know. <laughs> All right, you so, loved it. You loved underdog. Yeah, I guess so. I, I was a big cartoon guy. Big cartoon guy. So Captain's Cup February, I think thirteenth, fourteenth, on flow, and then you have. Do you know your international schedule right now? So I just got back from France and then there's another tournament in Rome in March, to, but I don't think I'll be attending Mateo that. Pelicone. Yeah. So, but I will not, I've been on the road for like a month and a half. So I want to, and then once I go to, and then I go to the captain's cup, but when I come back from that, I want to be home just leading into Olympic trials. I feel my best when I'm in my good routine year and it's time to start getting my weight down to 50. Where are you training so, out of? Uh, Colorado Springs Olympic Training right. Center. You've been there ever since college, right? Yeah, right after college, I came out here. How, if you don't mind me asking, how's that cut down to? 50? Um, it's not too shabby, actually. That's um, not bad. Yeah, I, you know, I like to walk around at like fifty-three, so it's really not that bad. It's just, you know, when it's time, I like to be zeroed in on it, and it, you know, have access to the sauna and the food that I like to cut weight with, and my cardio mm-hmm. equipment. Versus, you know, when you're on the road, it's a lot more. You don't know what you're gonna have. It's you know like you mean? got like makeshift stuff, right? It's right. Like, I'm like whatever you can get. Out the packet, sauna in mm-hmm. the shower, like that's pretty awful. much. Yeah. <laughs> you cut a lot of weight in high school too, right? Uh, so much weight. Have you adapted how you cut weight differently over the years? Oh my god, yeah. Well, like, what have you done be, differently? Yeah, I used to be a lot bigger too. So in high school, it was like 130 pounds, um, and now I'm like 115 pounds. So. Uh, 
and that was just from like changing my diet right like I ate like partying. shit <laughs> eating right? and I partying. drank a lot exactly <laughs> and, and that's crazy how much you know just from changing that you know how much weight I could lose but um yeah now I don't do that crash binge all of that stuff that was awful I was starving myself um you know I wasn't even hydrating it was awful and and now you know, I, I don't miss meals. I don't even miss dessert. Like, <laughs> so I, I'm always just, you, you know, if that means being more disciplined most of the time, it's still so much better than, you know, getting to eat like crap all the time. And then week out, just like starving myself and running in plastics. I don't do that anymore. It's, yeah. It's tough whenever you got to cut your calories and you're like 15, you know, 20 pounds over and you're like, right. you, don't, you don't have any, you don't have any energy. You know, yeah. You're like going brutal. to practice and like in high school, I would eat like half a granola bar in the morning and half a granola bar at night and like take shots of water. And it's like, what the, and I'd sleep all through class. And it's like, you know, I had no personality. I had no friends. I had nothing, but I can make one three. So whoop-de-doo. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's funny because I hear it. Granted, I only have like the best wrestlers in this podcast, thankfully. But everybody at this level says that you need to stop cutting so much weight and you need to have fun doing what you do. But it's wild still. Like I've heard those two things a hundred times over in this podcast. And still, there's so many people, younger wrestlers, that think they'll have an edge if they cut down one extra weight class. And if I were to start coaching tomorrow, I would say, go listen to the best men and women in this country, in the world. They'll all tell you the same thing. One, have fun. Two, stop cutting so much weight. It's wild to me that it's so popular still to not do those two things. Yeah. You know, if you're a kid and you want to be good at wrestling and have fun, M2 Training Center is a place for you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Same was drop. No, for real, it sucks that there's such a disconnect and, I mean, I remember being in high school and I mean, that was what I thought, like, and I just, the culture around cutting weight is so strange in high school and maybe in in men's college as well. I'm not sure, but like, I just remember it being celebrated like, oh, I cut 20 pounds and I slept in a trash bag. You're so cool. Like I'm tougher than everyone. It's like the culture is so strange and it's like very, I I hate it. The don'ts. Go ahead. Yeah, we like so as a college team, we didn't really cut a lot of weight. Um, it was like like I did and like a couple other guys, but like not even as much as you know other programs or anything like that. And right. in, in high school, I pulled a good bit of weight most of the time, and it was just that celebrated weight cut culture. And it's yeah, like you're well, you're you're eating candy and then you're working out in plastics, like yeah, like, exactly. Like yeah. And it's funny if you make the parallel. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, the best wrestlers are on this podcast and they don't cut too much weight and they have fun. You know where those wrestlers are that cut too much weight and hated themselves in high school. They're done. They're They're done. And I went to a school. I wrestled. I was terrible. And Spencer, (laughs) we had a great program, but all the, the amount of weight that our guys cut so that we could be state champions. It doesn't matter because maybe, maybe one went on to college. So here's the win. Yeah. Well, state champions right. of the world nice. but oh, nice. <laughs> but at the cost of no college career no olympic career no world career like nothing so it's right. like and if 
they would have had fun, I would have think they could still be have that level of success. But I mean, anybody young listening right now, I, I the number of times I hear that and just want to like echo it out there, like have fun, stop cutting so much weight, have fun, mm-hmm. stop cutting so much weight. All right, yeah. last thing, and then we're gonna let you go. We've talked about 17 times now how you're pioneering this. <laughs> one of the one of the things we haven't talked about, we haven't seen, is for a lot of on the men's side, there's almost a desire equally. Some guys don't even want to compete world and Olympic after college. They want to go right into coaching because there's so many opportunities. You're one of the best women in the world, so you'll probably have the option to coach. Have you thought about that, what you want to do post-competition? Yeah, so originally, I did not want to go into coaching at all. Um, I was just, and, and still, you know, there's a part of me that's so excited to see what else I can be good at in life when I yep. put the energy I'm putting into wrestling into something else. Um, in a completely different world it's exciting to me that like as a professional athlete i get a free chance to completely reinvent myself you know post um post sport but as i you know go along i'm starting to think that i really have an obligation to go into coaching afterwards because of the monumental growth of women's wrestling i worry that we'll grow too quickly and people will fall into these positions who have no business being in them and it will it will you know, maybe they're not talented as wrestlers, but it's also just, they might not be good people and they're going to be exactly. And, and to have that could completely ruin, um, somebody's life, you know? And and I just, I feel an obligation and a really strong pull to make sure that as we're taking off and we're seeing D one programs grow and everything is just exploding that there's genuine good people in those roles. And, you know, I have no problem, you know, going into that to help grow the sport and to make sure that people are in, in good hands. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that there is a really big obligation for us who are kind of um, finishing their careers or you only have like another quad in them uh, to go into coaching. I like that. I think that um, I really don't have anything to say about that. I think what you just said was pretty <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> it's spot on and like yeah and like i feel the same way too like just i think that whenever i'm done that like i I don't know necessarily if i'm going to be a coach or whatever that was you know my goal initially but like definitely i need to do something to give back to wrestling i have right because it's done so much for me so much oh my god and it's an interest well even for me that's kind of how i got back into it was even though i wasn't that good of a wrestler it taught me so much discipline and just principles of life that led to success elsewhere. But you brought up a really good point in the fact that I never thought about that. There's so much growth on the women's side of the sport right now, but that has to be dealt with on the back end. We Mm -hmm. need good coaches. We need good leaders because it is something that's so fresh and new and you need the right people leading the charge. And after you guys have come through on the athlete side, then it's almost time to come on the coaching side now because okay you you like everybody in your age group right now that i, I hate saying the word pioneer now because that's 19 but <laughs> you guys who have pioneered it like Funny. you almost have a double duty because you you're responsible for drawing in so many fans 
Now that led to more programs, which leads to more coaching jobs. So you have right. like double duty of drawing the fans in from you competing, now leading them from a coach coaching standpoint. So it's interesting. Yeah. So at least, you know, I'm hoping I have some job security at the very least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I hopefully right. you get a shoe. I mean, that the shoe royalty is going to pay dividends because we heard <laughs> that there may that or may not be a shoe in the yeah. works. If you have, if you have a bunch of good athletes, you know, they can make themselves better, but you need that structure to like, you need like the backbone of whatever program that is. And that's what the coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. You see it all the time. And like, I'll say it because I don't want you to say it because I'll admit them a Penn state Homer. You have obvious bias ties, but like I've always said, that's, that's one of the things that like, as a fan, I'll, I'll admit it. When I see a good guy going to Penn state versus maybe Ohio state, you sometimes see a really good wrestler and Cal will make him even better. <laughs> and Cal will make so him, true. And Cal will make him even better. Another coach might not bring the best of it. You know, we've been doing a segment weekly. I don't know if we can do it this week. We've been doing a segment called Whose Stock Went Up, Whose Stock Went Down This Week. And we recently said Anthony. Oh, I got Mendes. I got a stock up. I got a stock up. Okay, hang on. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> we recently said Anthony Echemendia's stock has gone down from a brand standpoint because, you know, here he had a lot of hype, flow documentary, and then he loses a couple of freestyle matches. He loses a wrestle-off. So, and I'm not going to blame the coaches for that whatsoever, but it's one of those things you have to take in consideration that some coaches 100%. are going to make you better and some coaches can't feed you into it. Um, Chenzo, who, whose stock went up and down? I don't think there's anybody competing since we... we uh, Brody Teske. Brody okay. Teske stock up forward. Is he, okay. he has sick ankle pick? Yeah. That yeah. Was, uh, I saw that in flow. For, former Penn State wrestler transferred to UNI. He's killing it at 125 right now. So. Oh, that's 125. A- that's Drew Hildebrand, man. <laughs> I'm not getting hey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so are we, take, are we taking Drew Hildebrand over Spencer Lee? Drew Hildebrand over Spencer Lee all day. <laughs> Word. Heard it here first. Wow! First. Can we get that on a card soon? Let's are you are you your brother's? I'm biggest sure they're going to wrestle at some point, but yeah. I I am sure they will wrestle. I am definitely big Drew Hildebrand fan. He is the bomb.com. So. Didn't he call you out after his last match at the he uh, Wisconsin me out. RTC event? I can't remember what he said, but he called you out. Oh, I think Willie had asked him like, "Who's the best Hildebrand wrestler in the country?" And then he was like, Sarah Hildebrand, I'm coming for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love the competitive nature. Now we're seeing so why I... you want to punch people back right away. It's right. you well, with that competitive. Okay. He is actually like, he's the youngest. So, you know, obviously he's the most spoiled and the most annoying. So, yeah, he draws out that for me. <laughs> <laughs> True. If you're listening, you hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also the best. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Is well, if you if you're gonna say whose stock went up, whose stock went down? Um, Tony Cassiope. And listen, I know he wrestled Gable, but that wow. was but he got he let him in on his legs. Did you guys Fun. see Gable's tweet? Of course I did. The I, Iowa. I don't know if I did. <laughs> so the I, Iowa paper tweets out like two of three of Tony Cassiope's last losses have been at the hands of Gable Stevenson. Gable quote tweets it about to get his fourth today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that was just a savage. Day of the match. He, yeah, he, ma- he majored him. Um, yeah. Oh, 14 wow. I mean, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna no. go I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go stock down a tad, right? Not not a ton. Gable's like, you know, that's a different yeah. animal right there. But you can't get majored. Two strong plays. I like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get majored. So, awesome. Guys, I think that's well, you, it. You got, you got anybody? No. No. No one? No. No. One. Those right. are two great mine. ones. We'll just use mine then. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about it to be honest. I w- I watched some of the, the wrestling, but I, those those are two great ones. Brody yeah. stock up, Tony stock a little a little down. So I I live with you know a bunch of guys that are still on the college team, so I got to keep tuning into college wrestling, and I can watch it. It's just a strict fan now, so it's kind of cool. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm excited to watch Penn State go this weekend. Like it's gonna be hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Who they wrestle this weekend. Um, I know they're going to Indiana, and then oh. I don't know. They have two matches. I don't know who the other one is. Are they going to Michigan, Indiana or Kentucky and in Indiana? They're going, they're going, they're going to the middle of Indiana. <laughs> they're, going, they're going to Indiana. They're going to Indiana. 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 Yeah. Indiana. Go Hoosiers. Yeah, so I think that should be fun. Um, I don't know. It's it's very cool. Like it's different. I was uh, even talking about it. Like I was like analyzing like all like the guys wrestling. I go like this, like, and I never did that before. Like maybe like guys at my weight, but like I never did that. Looking at it just like strict fan perspective, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, you it's sound like you know your stuff. I'm impressed. It makes me feel like I need to be a better fan. I love being a fan. I love it. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, Sarah, any last words? No, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. It's definitely fun. Thank you for making the time. Best of luck of the Captain's Cup. I mean, we got to be rooting for you now, right? Chenzo, like, Bash Media Podcast officially... So yes. flying flamingos. There, I was gonna say, <laughs> yes. wh- whatever your team name is, you let us know, and we're just gonna hammer it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll get it going. Board. We have bias 100. So <laughs> for sure, we're team I flying flamingos. <laughs> cool. Awesome, yes, Sarah. Have a good thank night. Thank you, Genzo, thank you. Best of luck Friday, McFadden, okay. PRTC. You. Yeah, guys. Subscribe everyone, to Rockfin. Everyone, subscribe to Rockfin Pennsylvania RTC Summit One Card Friday night. I'll be wrestling along with a bunch of other hammers. Oh, sweet. Co-main um, event. Yeah. Go so get him. Res- I'm wrestling Dave McFadden. Mark Hall is coming back. He's wrestling Nate Jackson. It's going to be a cool event. By the way, talking to a friend today, Mark Hall and Nate Jackson, that match, Mark's yeah. going to tech him. Um, sorry, <laughs> Nate. But, ooh, but oh, that okay. match, that match could have Olympic trial seating implications. Oh. Are there going to be seating implications from – like cards like this or like yeah no i was way. curious if there's no later. way there's i've no way. heard that these these exhibition matches are going to be taken into effect all right wow. so i'm wrestling on friday at 79 kilograms i weighed sure the weight classes could be an issue i weighed 172 pounds today so like i'm already under um there's What's no 79 kilos in pounds 174 okay so like there's there's no way that they should take seating implications from like guys bumping up weights and stuff like that yeah. right or, no yeah, but like I, Nate like, Jackson so, and Mark Hall are going to be both at 86 at the trials is McFadden going 74 yeah I think so but like I'm okay. not talking to, I'm not talking about like just me you know yeah. like um, like even like Nate and Jaden wrestled on that flow card like yeah you know they're not the same weight anyway but like Nate weighed in like you know 10 pounds under or, like, but you're telling me that let's say was. Mark and Nate let's say Mark beats him and then Mark beats him at the last chance because that's the okay only way they'll both well, go then, to the trials. well then yeah well then yeah he'll be seated over him if he beats him at the last chance yeah last guess, chance but I don't know if the cards do I don't know if the cards do either I guess it doesn't really matter because they they'd have to wrestle at the last chance too to both qualify and that would take yeah 
All right. Also, also, you got to beat the best to win the trials. So, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Beat. I just I you know we go back to talking about being a fan. I went back like <laughs> the, what the seeds are could literally dictate like, and we've talked about this, Chenzo, where you said it doesn't matter what seed you are. And Sarah, we'll get your opinion on that real quick. But like, it's the difference of let's say Dave and Bo potentially wrestling the quarters versus being opposite side of the brackets. It's just an interesting. No, it definitely is with, you know, what potential like one analysis could be that the bottom half of 86 would be extremely stacked and the top would be like Dave. And then, you know, you have like Sammy Brooks first and then Miles Martin, who we just tacked, you know, so it's just interesting from that. Sarah, for Chenzo and I always had this kind of conversation about seeds. Do you care where you're seated in a bracket whatsoever? I mean, like. At the end of the day, I want to be one seed. You know what I'm saying? I I do think they play a role. Um, but if it's like whatever, I'm just thrown in a tournament. I, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care who I have to beat. Like that's definitely the mindset I'm going into it with. And honestly, any tournament I go into, it's like whatever. Whoever's on the mat with me, I do not care. Yeah. But I do understand the importance and I think they serve a purpose. And it's not something I think should just be like done away with. Yeah. I'm just, I guess, looking at it from strictly competitor perspective. Right. But... Yeah, and I totally see that. But Chenzo's also admitted on the podcast that he doesn't, when he was at Penn State, he didn't know he was wrestling until the Monday before. <laughs> oh, yeah, my no. gosh. Yeah, no. I'm not like that. <laughs> no, I don't I don't watch film, really, or, like, yeah, just kind of go wrestle. I mean, like, I'll, like, my coaches will be like, hey, like, this person does, like, the person you're going to wrestle does this. All right, cool. Yeah, I guess I can be like that sometimes too. I'm like, yeah, don't tell me until like this time and then go with it. Yeah, get yourself kind of psyched out. Right, right. Like, I'm going to just do me out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I love it. That's Bash Mania episode 99. Next week is episode 100. Going to be lit. Yes, it is going to be lit. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you both soon. See you. Thank you. See ya. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. And the beat goes on.